Whether you're looking to buy your first property or grow your portfolio, like the reason you may have not started or had that success yet is like, you know, you might just be following the herd. Um, you know, there's so many people telling you so many things to do. Instead, just follow the fundamentals on how to build a property portfolio. It might sound boring, but it's true, you know, because if you want to build a dependable, sustainable property business, and let's face it, a property portfolio is a business, you should stick with the fundamentals. In this episode, I stick with the fundamentals. We go over the fundamental question. Does a house or an apartment make a better investment? You know, houses can offer better long-term growth, but they also come with drawbacks. Apartments are popular with investors. They're more affordable, but are they really worth it? So like if you're starting out and you want to make confident investing decisions, even if you think you already know the answer to this question, then don't miss this episode because we'll be going detailed on the pros and cons of houses and apartments. Enjoy, guys. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name's PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Which should you invest in, an apartment or unit or a freestanding house? Let's get going. So the pros and cons are, first of all, houses. Number one, pro, is houses almost always have better capital growth. Why is that? Like, I get it, right? People, most investors err towards apartments because they're cheaper, right? Well, we're going to get to all that and a lot of property spruikers try to sell you, you know, off-the-plan apartments, you know, all this kind of thing. But the capital growth is almost always better for houses. The reason? Because houses have land. You know, like 101 property investing, it's land that appreciates, not the building. When you buy an apartment, yes, you are buying a portion of land, even if you're on the 50th floor, right? You're buying a 50th of the block of land that the apartment tower is on but that is so like minuscule and significant whereas if you're buying a 500 600 700 800 square meter block of land a house you know that thing is rare it may not seem rare to you now just like maybe 20 years ago you know suburbs in brisbane didn't seem rare to people who were buying in brisbane because it was like old country town but things become more and more scarce and valuable. Those things are land. Quick tip, if you want to get rich slow, buy land. Okay, so that's the number one pro for houses. Second pro for houses is that there's an opportunity to subdivide 
and renovate, okay? You can split the land, you can subdivide it, which means you take one title and you put it onto two, effectively building two houses. You can do big renovations, structural renovations, cosmetic renovations. All these things you can't really do in an apartment. Like, you're going to be like, well, PK, you know, like a unit block, I can strata title it. Yeah, you can, but, like, the upside isn't as much as if you had subdivided a piece of land. The upside isn't as much if you had renovated a house. Yes, you can cosmetically renovate an apartment. You know, you can put a slightly updated kitchen, stove, you know, you can paint it, new flooring, but you can do so much more to a house. You can structurally modify it over time. You have that control in order to add value. And adding value, or I should say solving a problem, is once again, quick tip, a really good way to get rich. The more problems you solve for other people, the more money that you make. That's the definition of a business. You can solve more problems with a house because it's standalone, you have control as you can with an apartment. Number three pro for houses that there's zero body corp or like there's zero admin fees, there's zero fees really that you need to give to other people. I'm talking, of course, not the government. The council will always take their, their clip, right? But there's no like, you know, admin levy, you know, all these types of, you know, body corp that really erode and oftentimes throw at you unforeseen, unpredictable, kind of headache kind of bills. So I don't like those things. The number four pro of buying a house is that they're, you know, basically consistent rental returns. The thing with the rental market, right, is that houses, you know, generally over time, the rents just keeps going up and up and up and up. But apartments, especially high-rise apartments or medium-sized towers, Rents can often go up and then they can come down. It's very volatile. It's got a high beta. It's very cyclical because apartments are very easy to build and there's unlimited that you can build because you go build upwards towards the sky, right? And the more apartments there are supplied to the market, the more glut of supply that exists and therefore oftentimes tenants have far too much choice and your rents don't rise as much. So that's the fourth pro of houses. Now there's going to be downsides to houses as well. The first one is that there are lower rental yields sometimes. Okay. So you, you often be, you know, thinking about apartments and you'll be like, oh yeah, I can get like a six and a half percent yield or 7% yield, but that's fairly rare on a house. Like that is a true downside of a house. You know, the yields on average are lower than apartments. And one reason is because tenants, they don't really pay for the backyard, the front yard, the side yards. They pay for what they live in, which is inside. And in a unit or apartment, everything that you have is inside. There is no front or backyard or anything like that. So from a proportion perspective, all of your asset is generating income, whereas in a house, only some of your asset is generating an income. So that's one downside for a house. The second is that there's sometimes higher maintenance costs and upkeep. Now, naturally, you know, a four bedroom, two bathroom, two garage house is going to be bigger than, a, let's say, you know, even a good good size two, three bedroom apartment. It's just, you know, chalk and cheese. You can't really compare. So the maintenance costs that I, you know, across my properties, I normally try, try to budget like around 1500 maybe $2,000 um, a year for houses. I don't have any apartments. And that's kind of what it's averaged out to over the last 11, 12, 13 years, right? Per property, about 1500 to 2000 whereas an apartment, it would be much lower.
Um, the next downside with a house is that there's higher entry costs. You know, like the average house price across Australia is, you know, above six, seven hundred thousand dollars. The average unit price or apartment price across Australia is probably under five hundred thousand dollars. So that's another downside of a house. But the disclaimer or the proviso or the devil's advocate to that is that that's not always the case everywhere. So like, let's say you're a brand new investor and you're sitting in Sydney or Melbourne, you're like, oh yeah, like Docklands, I can buy something for five, six hundred thousand dollars. You might be thinking in Parramatta in Sydney, I can buy something for five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars. There's no way I can buy a house in Melbourne or Sydney for under a million dollars. That might be your mindset, but if you're willing to be an interstate investor, a borderless investor, as they say, you can still pick up $400,000 houses in places like Perth, in places like Adelaide, other places around Australia. So the point is that overall, yes, units are cheaper, houses are more expensive, but do you really think that in five, ten years' time, you'll be able to buy a house under a million dollars in a capital city in Australia? I really don't think so. So right now, you know, I just don't see this as a huge downside where houses can be procured for basically the same price as apartments or units, but you just need to look outside Melbourne, Sydney. Okay, now let's go through the pros and cons of apartments, okay? So the first pro is lower entry costs. We just covered that, how houses are oftentimes more expensive, units are less expensive. That's obviously a pro of apartments. The second thing is shared upkeep costs. What I mean by this is in a house, all of the costs involved are entirely on you, right? Because you're the owner. But with a unit, you know, like the um, the body corporate, yes, I just mentioned that you have to pay the body corporate. The body corporate will have a, a sinking levy and everyone contributes to that. And so if there's like a massive problem in the driveway or like the lift needs changing or like, you know, something that impacts the entire block of units or apartments, everyone chips in. And so it's not like you've just broken the bank, if you know what I mean. Like, let's say you need to completely repaint um, you know, the the block of units or the apartment tower, you probably chip in like $500, $1,500. Whereas if you needed to completely repaint your house, you know, these days I just did it. Um, you know, it's not going to cost anything under probably five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 for your average house, right? So, you know, everyone kind of chips in to maintaining uh, an apartment block and therefore the the cost is spread more evenly across multiple years. It's like jam on toast. It's not lumpy if you know how to spread it right, whereas with a house, it can be like, boom, $5,000 in a year and then minuscule in future years. So it's much more predictable in a unit. The second pro of a unit or um, you know an apartment is, or the third one, I should say, is that there's actually potential for multiple assets. What do I mean by this is that, you know, you can buy a super cheap apartment, let's say for $300,000, let's say in Brisbane or other places. And then you can buy like two, three, four of them very quickly. So you can be like, oh yeah, I've got multiple properties and diversify across Australia. It's much more easier to diversify if you're buying cheaper properties because your money goes further, right? You can buy more units or buy more apartments. So the ability to buy multiple assets and diversify is better for apartments or units, but comes back to the original point. What's the point in diversification if the thing isn't going to go up in value as much as a house? Do you know what I mean? Um, the fourth 
upside for units or apartments is that there's oftentimes projected higher demand. Now, what I mean by this, I don't mean higher demand, so higher capital growth. What I mean by this is because prices or rental prices are cheaper for units or apartments, it's oftentimes easier to rent it out. Now, that's not always the case, definitely not the case in like high rise towers where, you know, there's a hundred apartments that look just like yours and there's always 20 for lease or for sale at any one time. But what I mean is like, like, let's say you've got a unit in like a block of six, right? Your ability to rent it out is going to be more than a house next door where the lease is going to be 800 a week, whereas yours is going to be 400 a week. Just because it's affordable means that there's likely for more demand for that type of product just because more people can afford it. Do you get what I'm going with this? It's a little bit lower risk from that perspective, but I would almost say that that pro or positive is redundant in this environment across Australia because, I mean, let's face it, it's a rental crisis. It's not hard to rent anything almost right now. Now, the downsides of apartments to finish this off is we mentioned body corp fees. Body corp fees suck. You know, like it's it's really bad. Like I mentioned before, you get higher yields, right? Higher yields for apartments. Let's say you get a 7% yield. You almost have to shave or truncate 1% of that gross yield off because that is what the body corp will be costing you. One, two, three, four thousand dollars a year and or even more. So your yield on a like for like apples to apples basis ends up being not so much better than houses anyway. The other downside, the second one for apartments is that there's really lower potential for capital growth. Now, that's not really just something I'm making up. I just don't even listen to me, right? I always listen to the data. The data is more important than what you think. The data is more important than what I think. The data is cold, hard, objective facts. And the reality is if you take two lines, one for house price capital appreciation, one for unit capital appreciation over 30 years, units just like don't even make the grade. There's not even a race, right? Houses just completely eclipse on capital growth terms, apartments almost every single time. So that's kind of like the second downside of buying an apartment or unit. The third is a lack of control over renovations and things like that. I mean, even just like getting a hammer and nail or like some sort of machinery and it's going to disturb anyone. There might be complaints. You might need to get approval to even do, you know, um, have tradespeople in, do some work. So it's like a big, big pain. And the last one is that apartments can actually be harder to finance, okay? So especially like one-bedroom apartments, studios, a lot of lenders don't love that. They won't even give it 80% lend. You might need to chip in 40% deposit, 30% deposit. You know, they, they just don't like this kind of shared housing studio, you know, student accommodation, boarding houses. They don't, lenders, banks, they don't like that. So it's oftentimes harder to get finance for apartments as opposed to houses where generally like families want to live, they want to rent it, right? Couple of kids, 
you know, uh, obviously a couple of parents or mum and dad, what have you. So like banks like that, it's this more surety. I did promise I'll give you my conclusion. It's probably self-evident as I went through the episode right now. But the conclusion is much like myself across 12 properties right now. I have zero units or apartments. This townhouses are kind of their own beast, but really houses when every day of the week and if you're brand new to investing and you're sitting there in Sydney Melbourne you're like well PK you know I'm not a millionaire I don't make like half a million dollars a year I can't buy multiple houses as investment properties and acquire a portfolio that way I have to buy units and by the way I saw this Spruker and I saw this brochure and I was talking about this amazing unit block on Eagle Street in Brisbane or Darling Harbour in Sydney or Docklands in Melbourne and it's growing it's got a pool and a gym and it's brand new and depreciation but like seriously understand the facts that I've just shared with you because you can buy something just as cheap interstate and it will make you more money in the short term and the long term with better tenants a freestanding house almost a hundred percent of the time I would say well, every rule is there to be broken there's always exceptions but almost a hundred percent of the time buy a freestanding house as opposed to a unit or apartment especially in medium to high-rise towers don't be lured in by that I hope you did enjoy that and I just want to say as well thank you for leaving a review for those of you who have done on Spotify and iTunes. I really, really appreciate it. And if you really want to level up your knowledge, join the Facebook group. You know, there's 25,000 people just like you from this community in that Facebook group, the link is below, is completely free. And then, you know, sometimes listening to a podcast is kind of like, there's not enough reciprocation. It's kind of like a, you know, there's me behind like this wall and then there's you guys on the other side of that wall. If you join the Facebook group, we can actually have open to a dialogue about these topics so the link is below join that obviously the youtube channel is there as well and let's continue the conversation lots of love catch you later guys bye